Welcome to Game Changer. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy. Alongside me is Lord Thanos. Greetings, greetings. This is the uh, first cast of uh, potentially a mini-series. We'll see how long it goes. Um, with the two of us talking about issues that we think are game changers that nobody wants to touch upon. Yeah, there's a lot of things when you see them in the news and you think about, how could we do that? How could we solve that issue? And then you really start thinking about it and you're like, holy shit, that would lead to this? Mm-hmm. We have, uh, in, on Game Changers, we are going to dive pretty fucking deep on a single subject that we think truly is a game changer from a point of view that nobody has really uh, dove deep on, either from fear or just being chicken shit, um, on other podcasts. <laughs> and again, it is a what-if scenario, but we're also going to bring some real-world data. The subject for this pilot episode is prostitution. Dun-dun-dun. Legalize it or not. Ooh. Now... Before we even dive on in, everybody has this feeling about prostitution. I want to start off the show by saying flat out, I do not kink shame in any way. I don't uh, demean anybody that's, uh, uh, that is doing the prostitution. I also don't John shame either. Uh, those are the uh, Johns who actually purchased the prostitution. Bad John. Bad yes, John. exactly. Uh, we'll get into some of those textbook definitions and what they mean, I guess. Uh, in a little while, but uh, Lord Thanos, why don't you describe a little bit about some of the stories in the news that prompted some of this conversation to even get started? So one of the bigger ones was, uh, as many of you folks, if you're in Northern California, know about uh, the Oakland PD and an underage uh, person that was taken advantage of, a prostitute. so that, that's kind of been in the news a good bit. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, there's there's constant news uh, about human sex trafficking throughout the world. Um, you know, and then right now, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, whatever the hell yep. his name is. Uh, another big one in the news. Not quite the same, but related. And depending on who you talk to and... How much they go to church, it's all related. Yep. But um, so those are a couple of the, the first few things that are right out there right now, uh, including uh, just today, or at least over the last couple days, the FBI uh, actually rescuing 84 minors across the country. Um, for sex trafficking. For, for sex trafficking. and From sex trafficking, I guess. And uh, arresting uh, nearly 120 people. Yep. And real quickly, just for those who need additional clarity, uh, obviously we know that Harvey Weinstein, uh, at least what he's in trouble for, is the sexual harassment and potentially even, potentially even rape um, of some women. That... We're going to show later on why that may or may not be related to what it means to be a prostitute, what it means to be a John, what it means to be even, even a pimp. Um, but right now you may say, well, what does the sexual harassment scandal with him have to do with uh, legalizing prostitution? Oh, you sit down, pull up a fucking chair and just wait. We'll, we will break this shit down for you. We'll get there. Yes, yes. Um, why don't we... I, I love definitions. 
definitions are what really fucking drive all conversations and language. And I think it's a really good place to start. Obviously, we all think we know what a prostitute is. I'm still going to flat out say the definition. It's the practice or occupation of engaging in sexual activity with someone for payment. Now, that can run the gamut. And what I want you guys to understand right off the bat, there's a difference between, and I just learned this, indoor and outdoor prostitution. <laughs> um, and there are some differences uh, depending on where you are in the world with what is considered prostitution and what is not considered prostitution. That's a blanket definition that I just provided, but the, uh, the waters get murky, as they say, depending on who you ask and where you're asking that fucking question. Exactly. Yeah. Um, why don't we take a little bit of a step back on a global world level and Lord Thanos, why don't you kick some of those facts from that wonderful map we were looking at? I'd like to know, is, isn't prostitution illegal all over the world? Au contraire, au contraire. So, amazingly, uh, when we started, you know, we actually had this conversation, started this conversation a few weeks back and, uh, typical lunchroom conversation with, uh, <laughs> very few females around, but, um, as we started going down the rabbit hole uh, and getting deeper and deeper and deeper, uh, we decided to take a step back before uh, doing anything and looking up some facts. So, interestingly enough, at the time, we were only aware of a few countries or places where prostitution was legal. Uh, but digging a little bit deeper... Uh, the one everybody thought of already was the Netherlands. You know, yes, that, that in Amsterdam. Or Amsterdam. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one that comes to everyone's mind, and then uh, Nevada, Bunny mm-hmm. Ranch. Exactly. But as we actually started looking and digging a little deeper, we were very surprised to find out that in addition to those places, um, Mexico prostitution is what? actually legal and regulated. And there's a difference here, and uh, I will mention, we'll get into that a little bit later, but there are many places throughout the world where prostitution is legal and regulated, or prostitution is legal, but organized activities around it are not. Organized activities like pimping? Pimping, brothels, yeah, two biggies. Yep. Uh, Lots of smaller things that can fall in there depending on the statute and code of yes. the area. But, um, yeah, kicking things off, besides Nevada, we also have uh, Mexico, uh, where prostitution is legal and regulated. Uh, majority of South America, with wow. one or two exceptions, it is uh, legal and regulated kind of on the West Coast, uh, Northwest, and it is legal... But organized activities around it are illegal throughout most of the rest of South America. Uh, really quickly, staying with the Western Hemisphere, uh, what was Canada's deal? I know so we mentioned that before. Canada, it's actually illegal to buy sex, uh, but it is legal to sell sex. That so. is a big <laughs> distinction with our northern brethren up there. Yes, yes. So they're so. not quite as puritanical as the U.S., would like to believe it is. So that would almost be 
anti-John. Oh, that would be the epitome of John shaming. Eh? Yeah, anti-John, John shaming, but pro-prostitute. Pro-prostitute, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Put maple syrup on that. Oh, never mind, never mind. Sorry, I'm going down a deep rabbit hole. Where else? Where else did you want to highlight in the world map? So, throughout most of uh, Africa, as well as Asia, surprise, surprise, all of you who thought Southeast Asia was just all full of uh, prostitutes, legal prostitution. It's not. Uh, prostitution's pretty much illegal uh, everywhere there. Where it actually is legal, though, and it's kind of weird because the country itself is split on it, uh, Australia. So, Eastern Australia, prostitution legal and regulated. Western Australia, prostitution legal, but organized activities are not legal. And prostitution is not regulated. Shades of gray there. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, really quickly on Asia, uh, I know you broadly covered it. I thought there was something pretty uh, surprising about the second largest country in the world, which is India. Oh, yes. So, uh, India... Prostitution is actually legal. Um, but once again, organized activities, brothels, pimping, illegal, and prostitution is not regulated there. That's huge. Again, over one billion people living in that country. Yeah. And a democracy. So, fifth of the world. Yeah. It's legal. Yeah. Important facts. Uh, anything else from the, the world map you wanted to highlight to kick yeah. us off? Yeah, Europe. Kind of mixed here and there. Depends on where you're going. Uh, Antarctica, I don't have any fucking idea what the penguins are doing. Look, uh, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now. If someone wants to go to Antarctica and, you know, a penguin offers a few uh, shrek... Yeah, let, let me not go down there. Um, who are we to deny? Exactly. Um, but here's the thing. I know you're hearing this and you're thinking, well, those that's foreign countries. I don't even have a fucking passport like most Americans. I'm not leaving here. It's always illegal in America with the exception of the Bunny Ranch, right? Wrong. No. Wrong, wrong, wrong. No. Here's where we kick some more facts to you. So one of the more interesting things, and it actually uh, several studies were done, um, due to some, uh, let us say, loopholes yes uh or fuck-ups depending on how you want to phrase it um rhode island actually uh legalized prostitution for several years yes are these but that must have been back in the 1800s lord danos right uh or more like eight years ago what (laughs) thanks obama (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, when he came in, they, they kind of made it illegal again, but uh, I'm sure there was no connection. Wasn't there a six-year gap yes, that we're so, looking at it for Rhode Island, where it was illegal to uh, do indoor prostitution, as they say? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, back in 2003, um, and actually, we should go back a little bit further for you uh, Stranger Things folks. <laughs> State's legislature back in 1980 amended a law that they uh, thought was uh, inadvertently outlawing some forms of consensual sex between adults. Yep. And um, uh, you know the amendment basically created a loophole. Uh, one that 
just sat there, totally unnoticed, nobody paying any attention to it until the early 2000s, 2003 to be exact, when a case came to a district court there, and the judge interpreted the law to mean that paying for consensual sex was not a criminal offense in Rhode Island. Uh, not if it took place privately and indoors. So, so what kind and, of fucked up law is that? <laughs> so, very, just to be, uh, be clear on this, anti, for lack of a better phrase, crack whoring, you know, um, anti-street hooking, but pro-escort. Uh, Pro massage parlor happy endings. Exactly. And you could you you know, for anybody who wants to dig a little deeper here, there's plenty of stuff out on Wikipedia, but there are also a couple of really good articles uh, on Slate. Um, I'm not going to embarrass uh, any of the authors. I will reference where they're at, you know, so nobody accuses uh, me of just trying to mimic them. Mm-hmm. Copyright infringement. But there um, you go. Yeah, so uh, you know, feel free to go out check out the longer article. But uh, to kind of give you some of the important pieces of that, um, so this amendment, you know, happened. Judge rules on it in two thousand three. Uh, took the state until two thousand and nine to actually get rid of the loophole. Yep. Um, you know, it. You know, one might say it's embarrassing, but in reality. What this actually did was create a nice little experiment um, for researchers to look at for yeah. six years. Tiny state, uh, still in the U.S., re- very recent, and you can see a before and after effect of legalization. And this helps with our discussion because we don't have to be completely hypothetical and play the what-if game. We can actually use this as a small-scale case study to uh, detail what would happen, hope potentially, on a larger scale. Exactly. If the U.S. considered it um, across the board. How did, uh, what did the statistics tell us about uh, Rhode Island? So, um, uh, these two economists, uh, Mr. Cunningham and Shaw, no, we'll, we'll eliminate their first names. There you go. But uh, they did some uh, work for the National Bureau of Economic Research. And they looked at that six years when residents knew prostitution in Rhode Island wasn't a crime. Because this made the news in Rhode Island um, all over the place. And from what I've read, a lot of protests, churches got very actively involved trying to shut everything down very quickly. But it took them six years before they could. Um, But it's very interesting in that... uh, the evidence supports the fact that this decriminalization caused a steep decline in both forcible rape offenses. What? what, what? Exactly. <laughs> and the incidence of gonorrhea. STDs. Lordy, lordy. Mm-mm-mm. So, you know, the, you know, one might ask how that happened, why that happened. Um, but what I, what I found was pretty interesting is like they actually did try to compare it to other states and look at various factors and just to see if it was some sort of quirk. And it does not appear to be, it appears to be legit, legitimate. Um, we're talking about a statistically relevant decrease in both gynorrhea 
and rape. I thought we were talking about a double-digit dip over a six-year period. Yeah, so what we actually end up seeing was um, the forcible rape offenses fell by 31% in Rhode Island from 2004 to 2009. Mm. As the criminalized indoor sex work scaled up in the state, you can see the trend in rape going down uh, at the same time. I could, um, I, could, I could feel somebody listening to this and thinking, I'm against rape, but I didn't feel this way about prostitution. But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Making people think. Making yeah, people think. there we go. So, Game changer. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, the gonorrhea, I don't have those stats uh, relevant uh, or right here. But it was definitely double digit. But it, it was significant. And... Uh, yeah, it just caught me by surprise, quite frankly, because I was not expecting one Rhode Island uh, and and two <laughs> the rape piece. Yeah, because I, I would have made no correlation between the two. It's fascinating. Um, now that we've gone from a micro macro to a micro level on this issue and proved pretty definitively that uh, prostitution is certainly not illegal all over the world. And is certainly not um, illegal even in the U.S. throughout all of his, its history either. Um, there's we're both sitting here in California, in San Francisco. There have been very recent uh, articles in the papers over here debating whether California should legalize prostitution. Literally, as we're recording this, um, which I find fascinating because it's extremely relevant and uh it gets people all up in their feelings uh, about this issue but um it's right here right now something that people are studying at the state legislature type of level um we will see what happens i also love the fact that they use the same woman's uh, woman's heels a woman in heels or whatever just walking on the street or whatever and all they help show is from the below the knee down to her high heels as the default picture for all strippers or all hookers. Yeah, I think I, I think I need to use that as my uh, emoji or something. Come up with one <laughs> because uh, half the articles I was looking up, uh, that was the image that they portray when yes. they talk about prostitution. It's yes. Like, Who knew? High heel hose. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> as soon as you put them on. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Um, real to switch gears a little bit. Culturally, we feel differently about uh, prostitution versus Johns in this country. Um, we, we alluded to it at the very beginning of the cast. Uh, there's a lot of John shaming. Uh, we've all seen it where they put uh, the Johns faces and names often in the media when uh, they solicit prostitution. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't think, Just this is just opinion here, I don't think it affects one bit, and I couldn't find any statistical evidence that it affects one bit, who, how many people become Johns and hire prostitutes. Yeah, I think they just get a little bit better at sneaking around. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and we're in the 21st century. So we've made the distinction between indoor and outdoor, and obviously Rhode Island was a great case study for indoor versus outdoor. I don't know that we've clearly kind of put that through on the cast. Maybe not. Yet. Maybe that was before the cast. So Indoor prostitution. What does that include? So indoor prostitution 
depends on the, the place you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in Japan, which has some pretty weird rules, even though prostitution is legal there, with some exceptions. Um, Sexual exceptions. Yes. Yeah, depending yes. on the type of sex. Um, you know, one of the you know massage parlors, I think, is the the most common thing that come to people's minds. Uh, that's a form of indoor um, brothels. Yep. Once again, indoor. You know, I think the really the biggest thing is: are we looking at a street walker, or is it happening somewhere else? Because in almost every case, if it's happening somewhere else, it's going to fall under the indoor guidelines, no matter how the laws or statutes are set up. So I'm also going to throw one other thing in there that most people don't uh, clarify, but the umbrella term of sex worker, which I'll have a mini rant about that later, um, is all-encompassing and would include someone who is on the phone with someone doing sex talk, you know, or someone on Twitch playing a video game in a bra and panties and moaning while being online. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the good game players. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Getting paid for it. Yes. Um, but indoor versus outdoor. Uh, uh, we've all heard of crack whores. We've all seen crack whores, you know. Um, most of us have very strong feelings about that. We tend, as a whole, not to have the same strong feelings about a crack whore versus a massage parlor that gives, quote-unquote, happy endings, all prostitution. And then when you say the word prostitute, a lot of people envision Julia Roberts, you know, uh, from Pretty Woman, which obviously uh, is misleading as well. Yes, no, totally misleading. Um, one of the things that I think that, you know, I, I want to be clear on, and you know, because it's also so associated with uh, massage parlors in particular, is sex trafficking. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I think there are a few things that, you know, any sane person can agree on. You know, rape is bad. Yep. Um, underage sex, you know. Yeah, we should have started off with saying I mean, that. that. That's obviously bad. I'll throw in bestiality. Some others might not. Uh, but I feel so kink shaped. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> But there are a few things that are obviously bad. We don't want, we're not talking about trying to legalize something that's going to increase coercion and pulling people who don't want to be involved into it. Yes. Um, that's definitely not the gist of this cast. Um, but human sex trafficking is a very real thing. You know, many arrests just uh, over the last couple of days across this country. Um, so, you know, let's make a distinction there. Let's be very clear. Uh, we are talking about voluntary you know, prostitution, yes, sex work. Exactly. So, you know, what happens behind closed doors, you know, even when horrible things do happen, a lot of Americans say, you know, that's not your business, you know. True. Husband, wife, all sorts of awful things have happened historically behind closed doors. And, you know, when you have somebody in power denigrating another person, you know, not right even though it's behind closed doors, but, uh, 
you know, we're, we're definitely not talking about, you know, one exclude human trafficking. And I think I, I, later on we will touch upon why I don't think if this is done right, um, that's even going to happen. We can actually nip that in the bud and solve another problem. I gotcha. Um, switching it up just a little bit, I just wanted to also point out there's a lot of statistical evidence uh, that we've done some research literally before this cast on um, that the internet literally seems to raise the prices for the prostitution and potentially make it more safe for the prostitutes um, from acts of violence by certain Johns. Um, I just wanted to put that out there and maybe do you have any uh, things you want to weigh in on that? Because I thought there was a great study that uh, we referenced or uh, were referencing before the cast just about the fact that uh, quite a few uh, of the prostitutes um, like the fact that they can go online and offer their services um, and then, again, get a higher price, get an opportunity to keep more of their money and encounter less violence, less chances of being pinched by the police and all of that other stuff. No, exactly. And um, it's, kind of, it's kind, of, kind of surprised me once again because uh, with everything that's been going on politically over the last nine months uh, and how intimate uh, social networks were involved mm-hmm. <laughs> in propagating a lot of the bullshit. Thanks, um, Yeah, thanks, Vlad. Um, You know, I think the the internet... uh, Damn, I sound old. The inner tubes. uh, (laughs) Damn interwebs. interwebs. (laughs) Get off my lawn, interwebs. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, uh, There's a negative connotation that's always put out there for that portion, and I think it's actually gotten worse over the last several years. But... Uh, with the Rhode Island study, um, as well as some stuff that was done uh, in Australia, uh, some interviews um, and whatnot, you know, kind of, we, we definitely see a trend where taking it indoors and particularly doing it online pushes out some of the pimps, yep. pushes out some of the nastiness that was involved. Makes it a little safer. And um, pimping ain't easy, but this no. seems to make it all, it, make, it makes hooking easier. <laughs> that's, what, that, that's what we're finding. That kind of seems to be the thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, one worker, and uh, once again, this, is, this information was uh, off of newscom.au. Um, won't embarrass uh, Mr. or Mrs. Palin by using her first name. There we go. But um, <laughs> yeah. the article is actually. Uh, why sex workers are disappearing from our streets. Mm. This was mainly uh, geared towards uh, Australia, and um, I'm not sure if it was Melbourne or uh, which big Sydney. city, one of the two. Um, but she had interviewed some folks, and you know, one of the things that people were noticing was that where you typically used to have you know just hookers everywhere. Yep. Um, only a handful these days and with it being legalized in Australia um, you know everything we've been reading it wasn't because there was some sudden increase from the police trying to push anybody out um, or you know some 
vigilante church ladies or anything like that. Yep. But um, it really came down to the internet. Uh, being able to go online, I'm going to say online because the internet sounds so old. Yes. Um, but being able to go online and advertise your wares, for lack of a better term. And uh, one of the, uh, it was Sydney actually, looking at this again. Uh, one Sydney sex worker uh, who, of course, did not want to be named uh, said that the internet was driving prostitutes off the streets. Yes. And uh, you, you, there used to be about 25 of us working the strip in King's Cross on any given weekend, whereas now it's down to a handful. It's a lot safer than it used to be, but there are risks with everything, and you've still got to be careful and keep your wits about you. But it also pays a lot better than the streets. Wow. So shifting from there, they actually looked at... Um, a U.S. sex industry uh, study that occurred in 2014 that showed many sex workers, and I believe this study is referring strictly to prostitutes, Yes. Um, now prefer to make transactions uh, online where rates are higher and they are less vulnerable to both assault uh, and arrest. What I find incredibly fascinating about that is prostitution as we all know, uh, and I don't have to do a reminder, but I'm still going to, is the oldest fucking profession. It's older than fucking farming. Before people were actually growing crops, there was hooking. So the fact that the internet... And to have some way to get that mammoth meat. There you go. But the fact that the internet can drastically change what prostitution is and isn't and make it potentially safer, more lucrative, you know, is amazing. I mean, that's... That's why Blockbuster got killed by Netflix. The internet helps. God damn it. Yes. And uh, a professor, Dank, or uh, I'm assuming professor. I like uh, to, Let's call him Professor Dank. I like that. Uh, and, and this would be a she, actually. All right. So, uh, she uh, was working for the Urban Institute mm -hmm. and carried out that survey for the U.S. Justice Department. And... Uh, is quoted here as saying uh, there's a higher price point for sex sold over the internet. It makes so much sense to me. Everybody looks better in glamour shots and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Come on. And you can say your... You want? The Amazon, the Amazon of pussy.com. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cheers. <Yeah. laughs> now, I, I will also say this because I'm sure someone's thinking it. When we're talking about prostitution, the majority of the conversations is... Us being two guys are thinking of only women being prostitutes. Obviously, dudes can be prostitutes. Transgender folks can be prostitutes. There's a lot of folks that can be uh, prostitutes by definition. I still feel that the overwhelming majority, it's safe to say, are women. Yeah, and that's just the statistically proven. Yeah, I mean... So. Overwhelming majority. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's just fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and the final piece, actually, of that uh, study, though, uh, was that sex workers say the internet enables them to take 100% of profits in place of sharing them with pimps or escort agencies. Wow. Love it. Love it. So here's the thing. Um, in this country, prostitution, for the most part, in most areas, is illegal. Um... I don't, I haven't found any uh, evidence that prostitution is going away in this country in, in any shape for, or form. 
oldest profession for a reason, always going to be around. Um, the what if scenario, now that we've presented some excellent data, you know, both on a global level and here in this, in this country, what would be the implications if above 18, women and, any, and men, whoever wants to, but mostly women, were able to legally be prostitutes? And I feel that, I know I'm asking the question, but I also feel that in a, in a generation, let's say 20, 30 years, if it was legal, I think we would have on a wide scale an excellent cultural shift in this country in terms of our attitudes about sex, our attitudes about money, and <laughs> our attitudes about gender and women's roles and even women's rights um, that are worth exploring from an objective standpoint, um, regardless of your religious or cultural feelings about this subject. Uh, Lord Thanos, why don't we first dive into some of the changes from maybe an economic standpoint um, to a fantasy scenario of 20 to 30 years of women being able to legal adult women being able to legally sell sexual uh, services of all sorts um, in this country. Well, I mean, first thing, um, bye bye student debt. Wow. Bye bye summer wow. jobs. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, legalizing, and once again, you, it's the process, which we can maybe talk more about later how you could actually implement this, um, really needs to take care, needs to ensure that we don't see a boom in sex trafficking. True. Um, or underage. Really, or underage, or like, ultimately, needs to be set up in a way where we can all but eliminate pimping. Um, mm. Sorry, pimps, but... Anti-pimping? Pimp shaming? I, I will go pimp shaming here, because uh, in... You know, that's where so much of the violence is occurring, um, both from a criminal, like actual arrest point of view. Mm. That's where most of it tends to be. Uh, and anecdotally, you know, I've I've gone through some rougher areas mm -hmm. and lived in cities most of my life. And, you know, yes, it happens with the Johns, but, you know, the pimp piece is huge. It's called pimp slapping for a reason. Uh, yes. Some of those pimps are extremely aggressive, no doubt about it. Um, some of the madams aren't very nice either. Yeah. I'm not saying the pimp has to be a male. But yeah, uh, but yeah eliminating that, uh, you know, it has to be done in a way that it does make it super free market, basically. Mm. Where it is the person offering their wares and outside of the government taking their little tax... There aren't any uh, too many other side taxes and fees coming from anywhere. Yeah, but no matter what, even if we're talking a five percent, which is probably going to be north of that, uh, probably going to be a double digit tax. We're still talking about a multi billion dollar industry. Oh, absolutely. It's, just to put that out there, from a tax standpoint, this is this is. I'm going to just flat out say it: bigger than uh, marijuana legalization, bigger than alcohol sales. And bigger than tobacco sales combined, potentially. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So we're talking big fucking money on a national level. Yeah, we're we're talking, you know, when it comes to those sin taxes, this is going to blow them all away. <laughs> yeah. uh, literally. Yeah. And <laughs> Wet sloppy <laughs> blows away. All right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so one of the biggest things would be, obviously, you know, if, if we can set this up right, huge economic gains, both for the individuals mm-hmm. that are partaking, um, as well as the government, as well as the rest of us, if, you know, they don't need to tax the fuck out of us as much because, you know, there's these sin taxes, which, quite honestly, I think people are going to be way more willing to pay this type of sin tax than a sin tax on cigarettes. Yeah. My perspective of- <laughs> Decrease in the police vice uh, investigation and administrative and operational fees for all of that as well. As well as incarcerations. Yes. Uh, you know, you start eliminating a lot of areas where money's being spent, in my mind, needlessly. Um, so I, th- I think that's the number one you know, effect as far as legalization goes. Um, when we're talking about the money a- aspects of things, I think about a 20, 22-year-old young lady being able to potentially pull in six figures for what constitutes primarily part-time work. And I, I want that to sink in with people. You know, if you're working three or four nights a week, potentially even two to four nights a week, and you got a steady list of high-paying clientele, even with the taxes, even with you know, buying lingerie and getting dressed up and whatnot, you could do this work out of potentially your home or a secure location and be pulling in six figures after taxes easily as a young woman. So when Lord Thanos said the end of student loan debt for the female side of uh, the workforce, he really means it. And just think about what that means, you know, in terms of we all heard about the strippers putting themselves through school. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Some true, some not. <laughs> but if you're pulling in, you know, six, fix- six figures after taxes and you're under the age of 25, that is a drastic change in our society because for the most part, people making those incomes are well above the 35 or even the 45 mark in their career and mostly on average are male you know versus female um so you again you have a younger demographic different sex making the uh large portion of the high-end salaries for doing part-time work not full-time exactly that's a drastic shift and realistically i mean it you know we're, we're talking, if, if you convert it over to an hourly wage, I mean, we, we could potentially be talking because demand would, of course, vary from uh, seller to seller. Of course. And buyer to buyer. But, you know, you could be talking about, you know, forget this $15 an hour minimum wage when somebody in their prime that's, will, you know, is willing to do this and... Keep in mind, the stigma goes away once everything is legalized. Oh, certainly. Now, is it completely gone? Absolutely not. You know, I'd be naive to think that. But for a lot of folks, 
they're not going to have that problem doing this. And you could even set it up in a way where maybe it is a little more anonymous, you know, to play to some of the kinks. Sure. They don't even know who they're actually with. I, I'm with that. The other thing I'm going to say, though, in our uh, scenario, what if scenario, we're, we're not talking about the day of the legalization per se. We're talking about, again, a 20 to 30 year time period. So the stigma, I think, decreases year after year. Uh, Absolutely. The further away Absolutely. you get from legalization. So again, when we're looking at an entire generation of young ladies um, who grew up in a world where it's always been legal to them then I mean, there's just no stigma whatsoever for that. Yeah, and, and once again, though, I mean, I, I also do think that currently uh, the majority of the workers are female. But I think the way societal trends are also going right now, that's going to shift as well. Mm, um, what do you mean, Lord Thanos? Well, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, you have a lot more... Of the younger generation that is bi, mm-hmm. you know, true, identify themselves as bisexual. Yes, um, that is going to slowly push things, but at the same time, um, how many people, you know, male or female, uh, end up marrying because there's this push to do it? Ooh, but you know, it's kind of an expectation. You know, Certainly, you need to get married and. And there are, you know, granted, not every, hopefully, not too many people get married simply to satisfy physical needs. Yep. But <laughs> there is a portion. There Certainly. is a portion. Certainly. And, you know, having that, uh, having the stigma too, I mean, I think it's gotten a lot less where um, people, particularly women who do not marry, they're not looked down upon as much as they were 30 years ago. Certainly. But 30 years ago, I mean, it was shameful. If you were, you know, you were a spinster, you were an old maid, you were, you know, you name the term. What's wrong with you? Yeah. People would blatantly ask you. Yeah. And, you know, once, you know, prostitution actually becomes legalized, I mean, sure it could happen, you know, if the sex bots uh, technology advances mm-hmm. as well, but... uh Realistically, I mean, you're going to have more and more folks trending away, and as a result, I think you're going to see some a lot of women who they're going to give that second thought: Do I really need to marry? You know, I can get whatever I need here, or yeah. <laughs> because remember, as you alluded to, the financial equation is thrown out the window in a lot of ways. You know, maybe you were hooking. From ages 18 to 20. And in those years, you built up a savings, if you're smart financially, of conservatively $140,000. You know, or two to three years, $100,000, let's just say. You now have a leg up on almost any life decision that you want to make in terms of when you marry, when you have kids. Uh, what school you go to, gra- you know, graduate school, whether you want to fucking travel, where you want to live, all of those decisions become much easier. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, on the John side, can you imagine uh, no stigma for a male of whatever age, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, being able to casually 
uh, almost as if going to a bar, say, eh, it's, what, 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, I could either watch some college football, or I could go see, um, you know, my Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, you know what I mean? And live out my fantasy. And live out that kink fantasy, you know? And how healthy is that? I think it's probably healthier, potentially, for that person, that John, to be able to safely acquire services, you know, without legal re- repercussions, and pay a, a, a healthy fee, yeah. you know? Um, to switch it up a little bit, or were you going to... Well, go I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's all sound. Um, you know, I think it also leads a little bit down the path where... Mm-hmm. And maybe we should go, maybe I put a pause on it here and we can get into it more later. Um, I'll defer to you. But what will that do also from a societal point of view? Because, you know, I think the one thing that jumps right off the page at me, and maybe we we can do this a little bit later, but the one thing that jumps right off is, you know, I think we see a decrease in bad marriages. Ooh, right off the bat. Right off the bat. I think that becomes within a year or two of legalization. Yep. We don't have these, you know, marriages that are happening because there is that need to uh, connect, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I know a few gentlemen over the years that, you know, sad to say, I know too, only reason they married was because of that, that actual physical, that was, that was a huge, huge driving factor. This is the one girl in the world who will fucking suck me. Therefore, I must stay with them forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sentiment. Go I mean, on. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I think. Uh, I think legalization. You know, we can get into some of the more, more of the details later, but it's going to lead to some significant societal change. So, it might already be happening in another country already. Absolutely, as we uh, talked about in the beginning, it's a mixed bag across the fucking board. Um, men and women, they're. I won't get into the actual number because economists truly do differ on the uh, whether it's a 79 cents on the dollar versus a higher amount or whatever, but there is, and, and the reasons why, which could certainly take into account women uh, and being the only ones that can give birth and whether you leave the workforce, you stay in the workforce, and what type of role you do, work you do, all those factors involved. But at the end of the day, there's a, on a wide scale in this country, a discrepancy of some number between every dollar that a male makes versus every dollar that a female makes. A whole bunch of reasons why. I'm not going to get into all of those reasons um, or what that exact number is because we can get way down into the details and that's a whole another economics podcast. <laughs> what I will say when it comes to prostitution, again, with the... Um, salaries being so much higher for younger women, um, that gap not only is eliminated, if, you know, regardless of what percentage it was. We flipped that shit on its head. It's flipped <laughs> completely. We flipped that shit on its head. Where women make probably, if you just a ballpark figure, probably about a buck forty, buck fifty to every dollar that a man makes. And so, you know, you talk about um, <laughs> the implications on a societal level for 
all the people, you know, of this country that want that to be more quote unquote equal, it's actually going to reverse it and be not not equal, more female. It's going to be like the mascara for Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, realistically though, and that's we started down this path before we got a little off topic, but. You go to you know fifteen dollar minimum wage, which is yeah. being standardly proposed throughout many of the larger cities, fifteen dollars an hour. But for this type of work, you can easily, easily cons- on a conservative level, be charging a hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Certainly, easily. Certainly. Yeah. And you know the reality is, you know a lot of folks ain't gonna take an hour. No, uh, no. But even even if we go with that hundred and fifty dollar an hour, which I don't think anyone in their right mind can argue, that's okay. ten times what is currently being proposed for a minimum wage for doing you know so many other things. <laughs> so, what somebody's going to make in one day, you're going to make in about fifty minutes. Exactly. And again, being able to do it part-time, again, being able to still be in school if you wanted to, having most of your available hours of the day to be shopping, to be spending time with parents and loved ones and all the other things that you want to do in life. And then, oh yeah, on a Friday or Saturday, uh, you work for three or four hours. And the whole rest of the week, you know, is basically to yourself. Yeah. To do with as you please. Yeah. And you're, again, young with money. I, I actually think <laughs> it would basically make so many young women very similar to athletes in terms of, or, or actors or whatever, in terms of incredibly uh, lucrative careers early in life, you know, where it, it, it's a drastic uh, differential from the average worker in terms of how much they make. And again, they're very, very young. Whereas most people make the lion's share of their money later in life. You know, hopefully when they're better decision makers. Um, but unlike the athletes, that free time window is huge. You know, unless you're truly... Maybe, maybe the girls will be practicing, though. Practicing maybe. some of their moves. They're practicing their <laughs> dribbling and their shots. I can see... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, well, if you want me for the whole weekend, it's going to cost three grand and a signing bonus. There you go. There you, there you go. Oh, man, that is good stuff. Um, where should we jump to next? Uh, actually, can we backtrack just a little bit? Always. Uh, I've seen in <laughs> a lot lately over the past couple of years the, the broad umbrella term sex worker being used over and over and over and over and over again. We've used it some on this cast. I feel pretty strongly that the term is completely useless. And I say that because it lacks any level of uh, specificity when it comes to what type of employment or actual quote-unquote sex work is being performed. What I mean by that is, by definition, uh, and I love definitions, sorry you guys, sex worker, uh, uh, sex work is the provision of sexual services for money or goods. Uh, by that definition, um, people who are a bartender or a janitorial staff for Pornhub 
would technically be a sex worker too. Alone. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So you're a janitor sweeping the floors at Pornhub and you're a sex worker. Most people don't think of that when they say hear the term sex worker. Uh, or you're at the bartender for a strip club and you know you're you're a sex worker. Or you're on the phone doing phone sex, not having any direct uh, John to prostitute contact, and you're a sex worker. Very, very different from the image of Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman or your average crack whore uh, walking the streets <laughs> of the lower income areas. Um, it lacks any level of specificity. I think you could even classify someone who gets money off of Twitch or YouTube for being in a bra and panties and moaning while playing Mario Kart as technically a sex worker because she's getting paid for being sexy online. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> let's stop using this term. It, 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 at a high level, let's be specific when we talk about what type of actual work is being done because I think we're doing nobody any favors by using that broad term. And I think it's too broad to have uh, a, a good discussion, you know, because people think only prostitute when they hear the word sex worker and it maybe prostitute and stripper. And there is a whole lot of things that would technically fall under that umbrella. And the word stripper, the word or job stripper, prostitute, you know, sex phone operator or whatever are much more uh, appropriate and descriptive than just saying uh, the broad term sex worker. So stop that media, stop that news, you know, let's call things what they are. Again, hooking is the oldest profession in the world, is older than farming. We don't have to use other terms for it uh, that are too broad. Sorry, that's my mini rant on it, on the subject. Preach, brother, preach. <laughs> God damn it, this is great. Um, health, uh, do we want to switch gears into health and safety at all? Oh, well, birth I mean, rates. It's, it's, it's a good thing because, you know, the studies that have been done uh, all seem to indicate that by legalizing it, particularly if you can do it in a form where it is uh, thoroughly regulated, mm -hmm. you see decreases in STDs you see decreases in violence, not just rape, but just in overall violence. Yep. Um, you know, having this regulated, uh, particularly, and uh, you know, nobody would even dare mention this as far as legalization, but you know, I think one of the things that's, you know, proliferates throughout a lot of places where these quote unquote sex workers were particularly like strip clubs yep. that also turn tricks on the side is drugs. Certainly. And not that legalization of prostitution is going to get rid of that, but you know, drugs are a big reason in many cases why some women get into it. Certainly. Um, and I don't want to be completely callous. That's also how I'm sure a lot of folks cope with doing it because psychologically particularly with all the stigmas that are out there right now. Certainly. This, doing the job, I mean, it would be hard, and that's, you know, people use alcohol, drugs to get through a lot of things. I'm certain that that contributes to a lot of the drug use. But drug use is also done, and people are hooked on it, 
uh, by pimps. Certainly. You know, that's, that's another way of controlling people that are currently doing it right now. You mean so, crack whores have drug problems? Exactly. Who wow. the funk? <laughs> um, you know, so I think the legalization piece, once again, has to be done right. Um, you know, eliminates a lot of those problems. And we're talking about legalizing weed, and there's other uh, places that are actually like helping legalize other drugs, or at least letting people shoot up and do things in a safer setting. But... Um, you know, I think bringing this out into the open, it's going to get rid of a lot of those other problems. Or min- maybe not get rid of them completely, but minimize the you know, how frequently they occur. I'm going to even take a quick second and speak directly to some of my more conservative brethren out there. Who, not the religious folks per se, because I mean they're always going to have their problems with it. But... Um, from a personal freedom standpoint. Everybody likes the word freedom, right? Woohoo! Yeah. USA! America! America. Yeah! Um, people should be able to decide what the fuck they want to do with their bodies at, at, at a high level. And this is literally daddy government coming in right now as we speak and saying, waving that finger and saying, uh uh uh, don't you do that. You can't leave money on that table. You can fuck, but. Don't leave money on that table. And that's exactly the argument that is happening today with uh, the federal court uh, for California. And I'm going to pull open this paper real quick. There you go. And actually, they still make these newspapers? (laughs) They do, amazingly enough. Found one down the street just sitting there in a machine. No homeless Uh, piss on it yet? (laughs) No. But uh, one of uh, our favorite justices... Antonine Scalia, or Scalia, mm-hmm. as uh, most people like to say, Scabies. Um, he had actually specified uh, previously, uh, let's see here, da, 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 in 2000 Supreme, 2003 Supreme Court ruling had specified, Anthony Kennedy had specified that the case before the court did not involve prostitution. On the other hand, uh, the one of the other quotes from the 2003 uh, or was uh, Scalia writing in dissent declared that the ruling called into question state laws against prostitution. Uh, Great O'Grady, who's the current state lawyer that's uh, arguing against uh, the legalization of prostitution, um, had mentioned that and pulled, quoted Scalia on that, but. Oh, Scalia also predicted the ruling would be used to strike down laws against incest and bestiality. Ooh, boy, so, oh boy. Yeah, when, when we uh, come back to this whole thing, it's like, you know, big government, uh, they're kind of coming in, and, you know, they couldn't agree on the fact uh, of the consensual piece. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's always there weighing in, weighing in, and once again, I'm not promoting bestiality or incest. You know, I don't want a bunch of mutants running around because they're inbreeding. We already got that in Bama and some other places. But, uh, you know... Magneto would be proud of you, right? Magneto would be. <laughs> Damn mutants. Um, that's, that, it's just, it's so appropriate right now. It's in the news. It's been something that we've struggled with. Americans have a very 
funny relationship with sex and sexuality that is changing as we speak, you know? And this is an aspect of sex and sexuality that is still very taboo, um, still extremely lucrative, still extremely violent and dangerous for a lot of people. Um, And we're spending a lot of money on trying to prevent this from being legal and it's never worked. It never will work. So, you know, we lost the war on drugs. Uh, Prohibition didn't work. Um, (laughs) Prohibition against prostitution has never worked either. Just say no, it didn't work. No. They're trying Uh, to bring it back. Yeah. We have what? You know, millions of people locked up right now because of dumbass drug charges that are finally being freed with some of the new laws. And they want to bring it back because nobody learns their lessons. Well, and not that I believe in the hooker with a golden heart, uh, you know, fantasy or whatever, as a whole, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't some great people, great women who are prostitutes, there certainly are, uh, people are people, all of that, but when you've had a conviction, which tends to happen for the outdoor prostitution, much more prevalent, uh, or much more frequently than the indoor, but even the indoors, massage parlors get busted all the time. If you have a conviction for prostitution, what else are you going to be able to do with your life, you know, from a employment standpoint? Your options are even more limited after that conviction. Yeah. You know, I you you've got felonies on on the books. Yeah. So and because you have felonies on the books, you're you go mostly down another negative downward spiral of more dangerous street hooking. You know? And there we go. And you being do, doing more dangerous street hooking, on average, because a lot of these uh, street hookers are also single mothers. It means yep. less time away from your family. You know, it means child protective services might be more in, in, involved in uh, your child's life or take away your kid, you know? All of these negative repercussions that we often don't think about when we hear the word prostitution kind of come up. And when you hear from the women who have done this work, especially outdoor prostitution, they aren't pretty stories. They aren't like Julia Roberts very often. There's no Richard Gere. No. Well, he does exist, but he puts gerbils in his ass. Wow. <laughs> I'm, their not, own. I'm not king shaming him. Own. I'm not king shaming him, though. He's, he's a good actor. Good, good for him. Um, where, uh, where, uh, were there any other... Well, I mean, along those lines, though, um, I think it gets us back to some of the... What would legalization do? Ah, there we go. And, I mean, if we start thinking about this um, from a uh, long-term perspective, you know, if you know that you can legally earn income... By doing this, and granted, there are kinks out there that would might prefer this, but I would warrant that we actually see decreases in besides marriage rates, birth rates. Oh, like right off the bat, and you know that I mean you don't want to hold that up necessarily as a carrot to a sixteen or seventeen year old, but uh, but. <laughs> You hold that up, hey, when you turn 18, you can actually start making some serious cash, which we, we're men, we know a lot of men, I, 
I would warrant that most of the clientele yep. uh, are going to prefer probably women under the age of 30. Yo. Oh, that's going to be 99% of it. I'm just going to tell you. I Unless mean, that and I, particular and I milf... That many of them are going to prefer under the age of probably like 22 for a quick, you know, bada oh, bing, bada boom. Certainly. <laughs> certainly. The younger, the younger grown women are going to profit much more than the older gals. Much like uh, Hollywood. Across the board. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Harvey Weinstein <laughs> reference that we were waiting on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, looking forward, though, from a sociological viewpoint, looking out, I mean, it actually kind of influences things in a completely different way. Because, you know, holding that up there, you know, Maybe teen pregnancies go down as well. Oh, but we're all against teen pregnancy. Mm. Yeah, well, unless you're Mormon. There but, you go. Um, you know, it's... Uh, so, I mean, I think that ends up becoming one of the other big changes that happens. Um, and do we have a, another point that we want to go on to, or should I can continue down this rabbit hole? Uh, continue down this rabbit hole, and this may be the final rabbit hole, just to... Uh, okay. For 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 this uh, for this episode for this part. Okay. So um, I I, I kind of want to finish, and we can always pick up again at a later time. But um, one of the one of the places that has legalized prostitution, mm-hmm. which I did not know, um, was Japan. What? So land of the rising sun. Indeed. And in Japan, um, one of the bigger pieces which I found kind of funny uh, so prostitution is legal however uh, they have some strict definitions put on it mm. and here we go so article 3 of the anti-prostitution law states that no person may either do prostitution or become the, cust- the customer of it no judicial penalty is defined for this act. Hmm. Um, instead, the following are prohibited on pain of penalty, soliciting for purposes of prostitution, procuring a person for prostitution, coercing a person for prostitution, receiving compensation, blah, 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 blah. Um, however, the definition of prostitution is strictly limited to coitus. Wow! So, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term... We're talking the VJJ. Yes. So, um, Dick in twat. This means cells of numerous acts, such as oral sex, anal sex, mammary intercourse. intercourse. First time I've ever heard it referred to as that. Yeah, Thank I mean, you, Wikipedia. Yes, uh, titty-fucking <laughs> for the layman. <laughs> exactly. And other non-coital sex acts are legal. Ooh, so you can get a feet tug-and-go if you want to for yes. me. Yes. So the piece that I find that's kind of int- that, you know, I, I, I had a hard time looking things up there, but it seems like this has all been an effect um, where clarifications occurred. It seems like it kind of came around actually in the 50s. What? But absolute clarification where things haven't really changed uh, since 1999. So we're still talking nearly 20 years. Long time. And I find it interesting, and I think, you know, to wrap up this session, um, 
something like legalization of prostitution really becomes a game changer when, you know, if there is any correlation, which I don't see how there couldn't be, when you look at Japan's decline in birth rates, mm-hmm. um, even in the rise of uh, female, females both working in the workforce, rise in wages, and rise in single uh, people just being in general single over there. Yeah. Um, is it a result of legalization? I mean, they have some really weird kink over there. Yes, they do. God bless them. But, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, prostitution might be behind all that, the legalization of prostitution. Yeah. And we don't consistently hear about, uh, you know, I mean, and I'm sure it occurs, I don't mean to belittle, but you don't hear about as much of, you know, rape and violence towards women over there. Certainly happens. But nowhere near on the scale of the U.S. No, nowhere, nowhere near. And yeah, I mean, Japan has different culture, certainly, but a substantial population, and that's a 18, 19 year case study <laughs> that we could do with a industrialized country that didn't fall apart, seems to be thriving, you know, seems to be still an economic power in the world. And they allow every level of prostitution with the exception of penis in actual twat. Damn. Yeah. So, (laughs) just saying, um, to wrap this up, I hope this was informative. Uh, I hope you learned some things, uh, whether you're angry about what you learned or happy. Um, I hope uh, it was insightful, you know, um, for people. I think that we hopefully proved that the subject of legalization of prostitution is certainly a a game changer one way or another. I don't think that's up for debate. And I don't know that we can necessarily prove that it's a good thing. Um, Although there's there's a few other things I think we're going to try and go into next time around. Sure. But um, hopefully it got you thinking about it in a different way uh, than you were before. Yes. Uh, this has been fun as hell. Um, before we do our next one, I do want to watch some of these uh, documentaries. Like one of the ones was uh, Happy Endings. Uh, yes, Happy Endings. Uh, so if you can find it, uh, let us know actually because <laughs> it's uh, not available on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do a little looking around for it ourselves. Yeah. But um, documentary about the whole Rhode Island piece. And apparently the mayor of Providence, mm-hmm. where most of these healthy things like the decrease in rape and decrease in gonorrhea occurred, but sounds like they were a little too prudish still about the prostitution piece. Certainly. And in particular with some, um, I believe it was a Korean uh, massage parlor mm-hmm. so. You know, it might have been one of those cases of they took our jobs. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> love anyway. That. Love that. Uh, there was one other documentary that uh, I saw years ago that I absolutely, lo- absolutely loved on this subject that was uh, quite insightful, too, and that was American Pimp um, by, I think, the Hughes brothers from, like, somewhere around the early 2000s. And they obviously talk about not only the pimping, but the actual prostitution, mostly dealing with outdoor prostitution and or crack whoring. So... 
Um, really interesting stuff. It's not going anywhere. Uh, one way or another, I think some forms of it are going to be legalized, whether people like it or not. It's just a matter of time. Um, and I also think that as a whole, the younger generation, these damn millennials that need to get off my lawn, have very different attitudes than the baby boomers about sex, sexuality, and um, solicitation of uh, sexual favors for money. So I think we can leave it there. Hopefully uh, we have uh, caused you to think about some shit. And, uh, and if not, don't burn down our homes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think uh, Lord Thanos is on Twitter at all uh, or online uh, and wants to give out any information. You can always send your angry tweets to me directly, <laughs> and that's at Cthulhu's Prodigy, C-T-H-U-L-H-U-S-P-R-O-D-I-G-Y on Twitter. Uh, I will respond directly to any negative tweets. Uh, I'll probably laugh at them. And uh, you will probably see some really, really hot hentai on my feed. So we appreciate y'all. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned for more Game Changers coming soon. Sir, it's been a pleasure. Cheers.